Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 5.07 a.m. East Coast time. It is Thursday, October 31st. Happy Halloween to everybody out there. Welcome back to this YouTube channel. My name is Salvetri, and today we're going to break down this three-game NBA slate on Thursday. Little three-game slate. It's really spread out all weird right now. I was talking to Josh Engelman on the Awesome Strategy Show yesterday, and yeah, it's it's just a bunch of three and 11-game slates, but as of the next two weeks, we're going to have a ton of six to eight to nine-game slates, and those are the best NBA slates, in my opinion, uh, the ones that um, just feel the best uh, in terms of these small slates are just so variant. The bigger ones, there's just a ton of news to account for, so if you're not somebody who, um, well, if you pretty much put it this way, if you have a family and have to eat dinner around 6.30 or 7.00, uh, it might be a little bit annoying when 11 teams start to rule out players. But hopefully, uh, and before we get into it, welcome to the channel if you're new here. My name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NBA, NFL, MLB, and the WNBA streets. I'm excited that you're here, and we just crushed through 14,000 subscribers. So thank you all so much. If you're listening on the audio version of the podcast, really appreciate you as well. You discovered this audio podcast that I just started to put some um, episodes up a couple weeks back. So thank you for being here. If you could hit a five-star rate and review, it really helps me and subscribe to this podcast. It helps more people see it just as much um, that are seeing the YouTube video. So it really helps. So thank you all so much. I do have exclusive content linked up down below on my Patreon. For NBA, I have an NBA projections model with my interests that are updated up until lock. Um, and, and there's also a Discord if you're interested in that sort of thing. And then you can have, find all of my social medias down below as well as some free strategy guides, especially if you're new to NBA. I made a strategy guide last year towards the NBA season, middle of the season. And I think it still is very much valuable. So you can check that up. Link down below, free downloadable PDF. With all that said, hit the subscribe button before you get going into this one. I really appreciate it. And let's get into this video. So hopefully you survived. I felt the landmines in the NBA last night. I somehow came out alive, right? I'm dusting off my shoulder. I somehow did not get blown up last night from um, all those landmines in terms of my mid-stake stuff. I didn't have Miles Turner, who leaves early. I didn't have Steph Curry, who breaks his hand in um, RIP to the Warriors. I guess maybe that's what happens when you make a deal with the devil to acquire Kevin Durant. A couple of years back, I don't know what happened, but they're all they're all done, right? Steph's going to be done for a while with a broken hand. Who knows when he comes back? Clay's done for the year already. It's just Draymond and a bunch of boys out there right now. Willie Cauley-Stein. Let's get it. The big three of Willie Cauley-Stein, Draymond Green, and D'Angelo Russell. Yikes. Scary out there right now for Golden State. But yeah, I mean, you get an ejection from Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. A uh, very wild day in the NBA last night in terms of if you played DFS, you were just walking around tiptoeing, not trying to step on any landmines, but hopefully you all did well last night. Aaron Baines coming through, and then obviously the biggest thing as I continue to um, preach is do not just listen to this podcast at 8, 9 in the morning or whenever you listen to it, and then just set your lineups. No, 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 no. The best play on the entire slate last night opened up about a half hour before lock. Nerlens Noel, Stephen Adams was questionable, game time decision, ruled out before lock, thankfully for us DFS players, because that was a later game, and Nerlens Noel at 3,300 became easily the best play on the slate, one of the best point per minute producers in the NBA, and at 3,300, he goes for, I think, like 39 points. I had 100% of him at that point. I updated the projections. I made an announcement. So if you're somebody who really doesn't know where to find that information and you want to get Patreon, you can get it there. I make announcements on all that type of news, and I wrote into the Patreon, um, I have 100% known so well 
Uh, he's a must play in all capital letters. And he was. A lot of professionals also 100% in him. It just made a ton of sense. He's always going to smash through a $3,300 price point if he stays healthy and plays his normal 28 or so plus minutes. So with that said, all the recapping from last night out of the way, three games late today, back to an 11 games late tomorrow, but then it seems to balance out nicely, starting with the injury dashboard. And then if you're new here, we get into a target offense sheet, just looks at how these teams are going to match up due to pace, due to Vegas odds, um, defense versus position. And then we'll go into my early interest, which today for a three game slate right now, I have a lot. Um, so getting into it. Starting with Atlanta, we'll go team by team. Trey Young, uh, he's going to be out for Atlanta. He got injured in that last game, an ankle injury. They thought it would be something severe, two-plus weeks, but it seems like he's optimistic to return by potentially next week, but he's going to miss this one. It's going to affect DeAndre Bembry, and wait for it. Evan Turner, the only other point guard currently active on this roster behind Trey Young and DeAndre Bembry, is doubtful today with an Achilles injury that continues to give him pain. So you have two of the three point guards for this team out. And then it's DeAndre Bemery. There's He played 27 minutes in the last game after Trey Young got hurt towards the um, closer to the second half in there. It was like the second quarter, I believe. Bemery played 27 minutes. I expect Bemery to play a full allotment of 30-plus minutes in this one, and you can see my projections for that later today on Patreon. But at the end of the day, there's no one else to take minutes here um, unless they activate Goodwin, who I don't even know if he's with the team right now. Maybe he is on a two-way contract. They have Cam Reddish playing shooting guard, who they definitely don't want to bring the ball up. It's really just DeAndre Bembry here. Because it seems like Evan Turner and Trey Young are not playing. So, yes, $4,700, $4, I believe, DeAndre Bemery is going to be a good play. Paul George remains out. I continue to put him on here just to show the importance of this. He's likely to return now in two weeks, maybe a little bit less at this point. Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers is probable after being ruled out yesterday for load management. I said yesterday on Patreon um, that it was going to affect Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell, Pat Beverly to an extent, um, but also Jamichael Green. Jamichael Green got one of the biggest bumps in my projections um, from Kawhi Leonard being out. Not nearly as big as his 35-point day, um, but biggest bump for sure in terms of value. For Miami, some of the same names, maybe a new one popping up here. Deion Waiters is out, did not travel with the team for conditioning reasons. It's going to continue to give Kendrick Nunn. Um, who's been starting at shooting guard opportunities. Tyler Hero, who came off the bench and just erupted two nights ago on a three-game slate. And then Goran Dragic, who will continue to come off the bench as sort of a point guard, but uh, all those guard rotations will benefit from no Deion Waiters. Derek Rose Jr. at 3,800 continues to be out with a groin injury. He did not travel with Miami either to Atlanta. It's going to continue to impact Myers Leonard and Kelly Olynyk, and potentially this next guy, James Johnson. James Johnson has been questionable and has not, well, he's questionable for this game, but he has not been playing uh, due to a coach's decision, but really what it should be is conditioning. And I'm going to change this to uh, conditioning because he finally passed his conditioning test and he practiced with the team on Wednesday and he traveled with the team. So it seems like there's a good chance James Johnson, as they are short, a small forward slash power forward type of player in hybrid since Derek Jones Jr is going to be up seems like he could potentially see some minutes here and enter the rotation uh, which would surely hurt sort of the the ceiling and really the floor of miles leonard because he's not really a, a ceiling player right now in this offense but he went for 25 minutes last time it might pull those minutes down we'll see come game time if he's indeed going to be active and then lastly there's no injuries in in terms of some of these teams like san antonio or denver but uh new orleans has a couple of injuries to point out, Derek Favors is going to be doubtful today with a knee injury. Um, he did not practice Tuesday or Wednesday. Jackson Hayes was a player who saw, I believe, 24 minutes and had over a fantasy point per minute production two nights ago when Derek Favors missed. He scored 28-plus fantasy points, Jackson Hayes. It was not Nicola Melli, as people would suspect. It was not Jaleel Okafor, as some were suspecting. So, based on that news, I will continue to believe it's going to be Jackson Hayes after he plays 24 minutes in the last night. I could also put on here Jaleel Okafor, Nicola Melli. 
We'll see who ends up starting. Um, but Okafor did not get any really minutes. He played like 12 minutes in that game, and Hayes saw the, the bulk of the minutes, and they seem to like what they saw out of him, and he's expected to continue to get similar run. Drew Holiday is probable to return with a knee injury. Uh, he practiced in full on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it's going to affect Josh Hart, who's been starting um, somewhat in his place, and then Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Ball, who pretty much had a lock for a floor game with a ceiling upside when Drew Holiday was out, and Brandon Ingram, Ingram, who averaged 60 points a game in terms of fantasy over the last two games, and no Drew Holiday. So he's going to return, going to impact all those players. Let's move on now to the target offense sheet, where there's only six teams, so it should not take all that long to break down. But if you're still here, if you could hit the subscribe button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, you can check out and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, or wherever you can leave podcast reviews and be entered for Saturday, I'll announce it in two days, um, for your chance to win a ticket into the Fantasy Draft main event for NFL this weekend. All you have to do is leave a five-star rate and review. The reviews are by far the biggest thing that helps me in the podcast audio version. It's sort of like subscribing to a YouTube channel and liking videos and commenting, things like that. It's just It shows momentum in, in the algorithm or whatever it might be on iTunes and the podcast world, it boosts me above some other people who are potentially making podcasts. And I just want to reach more people with what is one, obviously good and brand exposure, but also just beneficial content that I believe is going to help people compared to what they maybe are listening to right now. So appreciate it if you do that. Moving into the target offense sheet, I have not filled out the back-to-backs here, but the only team on a back-to-back on this slate is going to be the Clippers. So all the back-to-backs are filled out there. So you have six teams. The only back-to-back today is going to be the Clippers. Um, None of these other teams are on a back-to-back. Some have two-plus days rest. Some only have one day's rest. Teams like Denver, teams like Atlanta. Seems like Atlanta is already playing so many games. Similar things were last year as well. But let's look at some pace things. So pace is just possessions per game. So the more possessions you have, obviously, the more opportunities to score. And it's usually accounted for um, in the Vegas odds, but sometimes it's not. So or sometimes it's not to the same extent. And even if it is um, accounted for pretty good, and I would say most of the time it is, it's at least important to see how much different of a speed these teams are going to be playing at to just really kind of pick apart that Vegas number even more. Um, So Atlanta versus Miami, it's going to be the highest pace game on the slate. And a big reason why is, well, usually Atlanta, last year Atlanta was playing at the fastest pace. This year, Miami's playing at a top five pace. Atlanta is definitely going to be playing faster as the season goes on, but probably not for another week or two until Trey Young gets back. So uh, Miami's been pushing the pace a ton right now. I mean, it, it makes sense. Like they haven't had Jimmy Butler, who's a guy who's going to ISO a lot. So they've just been shooting and chucking uh, guys like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero and even Justice Winslow uh, over the past couple of weeks since the season started. But now with Jimmy Butler there, it's going to be probably more ISO, as you would imagine, a slower pace of play. But for right now, it looks like the fastest pace game on the slate. Miami has a 111.25 team implied total. We do not have the team total and the game total for New Orleans and Denver yet. But without that, Miami right now is the third highest total on the slate. Does not look to be the greatest 216.5 overall total. I would imagine New Orleans and Denver is going to be well above that. But we'll see. Denver usually plays slower, so maybe it drives the pace down. But the biggest thing to take away here is that Atlanta has a terrible team total. They don't have Trey Young. Um, this is going to be, they're only six-point underdogs against Miami, so it speaks volumes to, I really, it's surprising. I mean, obviously, they're at home, so that helps. But it speaks volumes to um, really what, the, what Vegas believes in the rest of this team, and probably more so just John Collins. But we already talked about DeAndre Bemery. He's a player that stands out in a brutal, brutal, brutal matchup. So his price point of 4700 can he pay that off with 22, 23 fantasy points? Yeah, he's going to be probably starting at point guard and seeing 30 minutes, so definitely. But matchups against Justice Winslow, Jimmy Butler, all these types of players, it's not a good spot to be at all. Outside of that, I mean, John Collins, we saw him in this exact same matchup perform very nicely two nights ago. 
And he should have another opportunity to do the same. He played 36 minutes. I mean, a big part of it was he knocked down five threes, five of eight from three. That's probably not going to continue to happen for John Collins. And it is going to be a really brutal matchup against Bam. And these, some of these Miami bigs, depending on who's starting out there, um, whether it's Myers Leonard, Kelly Olenek for parts of this game, it will be a bad matchup for him. And yes, he performed well in this matchup the other night, but he performed well in different ways. Yes, snag nine boards, but uh, hitting five threes is not something you're going to expect out of Johns Collins all that much. But somebody has to kind of take the production hit that Trey Young so is going to leave behind. So. Yeah, I mean, John Collins is the biggest benefactor in terms of who has to pick up the most production um, in terms of, like, overall ceiling. You're going to have a guy like Bembry going to pick up the direct production in terms of point guard minutes, but that doesn't mean it's going to translate to just Bembry taking over Trey Young's role and the amount of points that Trey Young usually scores for this offense. Uh, Miami side, Jimmy Butler's in a great spot. Just All these guys are in fantastic spots, every single one of them. Bam's in a good spot. Um, Justice Winslow's in a great spot. Every single player that's going to start for Miami's in a great spot. We'll see if Tyler Hero draws a start after coming off the bench and playing so well last time. Um, I don't think you expect that to continue to happen. I think he saw like 15 free throw attempts in a game where he scores 29 real life points and 40 plus fantasy points. Right now, I'm not going to put my money behind that happening again. I like Jim. I like Jimmy Butler once again. The price point only comes up $500 in a game where he has a floor game of like 37 fantasy points. I'll go right back to that. Trey Young is not a great defender. Surely he would have to be better than last year where it was like historically bad for a rookie in Trey Young. But it doesn't matter. Whoever his backup is, DeAndre Bembry, is not going to have um, really much of an advantage at guarding a guy like Justice Winslow. Um, and then just other spots in this game are really not going to have much of an advantage of guarding guys like Jimmy Butler. We saw it happen a couple of nights ago. But again, they held some of these players to their floor games. Bam broke loose. Um, I do like the spot for Butler and Bam uh, the most. New Orleans and Denver. Yeah, so New Orleans, I mean, with Drew Holiday coming back, he's priced up to 8800 and just a brutal spot against Denver. No real interest there. Brandon Ingram's priced up to 7900 with Drew Holiday back. But Brandon Ingram, even with Drew Holiday there, was playing well. The only issue now is it's just a brutal spot for him. Um, power forwards so far through a small game sample have not been doing well against Denver. Point guards and shooting guards have not. Gary Harris is one of the best shooting guard defenders in the entire league, so that's really going to hurt a guy like Drew Holiday today. Um, and you have also Jamal Murray, one of the better point guard defenders in the league, going to hurt Lonzo Ball. So I don't really have any interest in those guys from New Orleans. It's really just Jackson Hayes, who, again, similar to Bemery, these are value plays that Bemery is going to have to go up against Miami, which is a terrible matchup. And Jackson Hayes, filling in most likely for Derek Favors, is going to have to go up against um, just Jokic and Paul Millsap and Mason Plumlee this whole game. That's a brutal spot. Like, the guy can literally play 24 minutes a day and score 18, 16 fantasy points uh, and not hit value at his price point in, like, the 3K range because that's how bad of a spot it is. And there's a really good chance that we'll see what the starting lineups look like, but even though Jackson Hayes is expected to see more minutes, that they just go to Jaleel Okafor, somebody who's a bit more experienced, who Jaleel Okafor can't hang with Nikola Jokic anyways, but he might hang a little bit more since he has some sort of experience over Jackson Hayes. So we'll see how that plays out. New Orleans, not a lot standing out outside of the value of Jackson Hayes. Brandon Ingram stands out a little bit just because he's been so productive. His price point is now coming up, but 7900 is still, even with Drew Holiday back, probably a cheap enough tag to where you can expect him to get you 40 to 45 a decent amount of the time in this spot. I just don't think you have to force it in, especially because, I mean, in the San Antonio game, we'll get to some great value in a second. Denver, I think I like every single thing on Denver at their price points. Jokic at 10K in a fantastic spot against the other side of that, Jackson Hayes or Julia Okafor. Yes, please. 
Paul Millsap, whose price just doesn't change after having the best game of his season so far, um, playing ample or playing quality minutes. Again, he'll have a fantastic matchup here against probably Brandon Ingram, which is an undersized spot for Brandon Ingram. Uh, You have Jamal Murray at 6,600. It's probably the piece I like the least, but even that I like. It's not any slashing against him. It's a good spot for him against Lonzo Ball, who is an okay defender, but overall, like we're talking about the NBA here where they're playing at the fastest paces that we've ever seen. It's not like most of this game is going to be one-on-one matchups, right? It's going to be a lot of an in-transition and overall New Orleans defense is not that quality. I like Gary Harris against uh, what would be Drew Holiday because of the price point. Will Barton at 5K flat because of the price point going to be continuing to see around 30 minutes or so if he stays healthy and stays out of foul trouble. I think my favorite plays from Denver right now are probably in this order. Jokic, Jokic, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray. I like the whole starting five, and they're all just priced too cheap. Uh, The Clippers versus San Antonio, like I said, Clippers are the only team on a back-to-back. Clippers have the highest implied team total on the slate as of now. We don't have New Orleans or Denver, like I said earlier. But a 115.25 team implied total, they get Kawhi Leonard back. Brutal spot, though. San Antonio so far has been very good on defense across really all positions. Um, They've been just shutting down guys like Kawhi Leonard's position, small forward. Now, Kawhi Leonard is priced up to 9,500 in a terrible spot. I'd rather find $500 more and get to Jokic if I'm paying up, to be completely honest with you. I'd rather go elsewhere than Kawhi probably today. It's a three-game slate, so, I mean, full fading Kawhi is bold, and I don't really recommend that. But I'm not going to have, as of right now, a ton of Kawhi, and I need to update this to say 2019 because that's what this data is now. So, um, from the Clippers side, I mean, yeah, not much stands out. It's just a tough spot. There's some really good defenses in Miami, Denver, and San Antonio on the slate. Um, the Clippers side of the ball, I really don't want Pat Beverly, whose price point somehow comes up $200 after Kawhi is now coming back and he does not perform once again. I don't want Landry Shamit. Um, Jermichael Green, I liked him yesterday because he was going to see extended run with no Kawhi Leonard, but now he's not. He's going to go back to his maybe touches 20-minute range, and then he's just not that valuable, and his price point comes up. Uh, so not much stands out here. I would say that the only thing that stands out a little bit is Montrez Harrell, but again, really brutal spot against Jacopoto, against the Marcus Aldridge down low. Harrell just, I mean, he only played 14 minutes last night, so the issues of playing on a back-to-back are not there for him. He got four personal fouls, got in foul trouble, only plays 14 minutes, uh, so he's in play because I think his load stays the same. Off the bench, you'll have Lou Williams. As always, if you want to play Lou Williams on a three-game slate, he has 60-plus point upside. If he's just shooting his shot and it's falling, I mean, he has that upside. The guy is the best six-man in the league, in my opinion. Spencer Dinwiddie is close with him, right? Sabonis no longer a six-man option, so um, yeah, it's going to be just a spot where the Clippers, I don't probably get much of them. It's similar to really New Orleans here where, and even Atlanta, I mean, I, I know John Collins stands out in memory, but New Orleans, like the thing that stands out the most is Jackson Hayes, but a brutal spot for him. The Clippers, the thing that stands out the most is like just Lou Williams, because he always does, especially at 6,800. Obviously Kawhi there coming off the bench now, Williams after starting last night is not going to help him. So not too much interest here in the Clippers. And then San Antonio, um, and I guess I can get into my early interest um, now that page, but a 225 and a half overall game total, 110.25 for San Antonio as there are five point underdogs here. I actually like this spot for San Antonio, um, and we'll get into the pieces that I like, but it's, it's the two big dogs the most. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge should never be $7,200, definitely not on a three-game slate. He is $800 underpriced for this matchup against the Clippers and Zubak and Harrell. He has the extreme advantage, and he's just way too cheap, and the best part is he fits in as a power forward. And then also, you somehow get DeMar DeRozan, um, and let me find where I have some of these guys. I'm going to put him as a red right now. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is somehow 7,100. I like a lot both of these 
um, San Antonio Spurs, the two big guys, right? Aldridge, two big guys in terms of the big names. I know DeMarcus Ald- DeMar DeRozan is not a, a big in terms of a center or power forward, but I like Aldridge the most. You, you pay $7,200 for a guy who's going to play a ton of minutes at the center. If not all, he started the last game at the center over Potal. If he doesn't, he'll start at the four and play two thirds of his minutes at center anyways. Again, it's like floating positions in the NBA these days. Um, but Aldridge right now is probably one of my favorite plays in the slate. I mean, you're saving $400 to get LaMarcus Aldridge against, um, I mean, Zubak and Harrell compared to paying for 7900 against Denver for Brandon Ingram. Like, it's just a huge price difference, and it shouldn't be that much of a difference. I like Harrell. I mean, even John Collins, yes, he's he's going to be without Trey Young, so he has a lot of production. But against Miami, for $1,100 less, you can get LaMarcus Aldridge against the Clippers, who have been notoriously bad against centers and continue to be this season. Great spot for him. Great spot for DeMar DeRozan at 7,100. The only issue for DeRozan is he might see Kawhi Leonard um, for a good amount of this game. And again, it's, it's a lot of transition will be happening, um, but he might have to put a lot of defensive efforts into guarding that type of a player. We'll see. If he does, that can impact his offensive game, which is another reason why I lean the Marcus Aldridge. So you can see if you're watching on the video version of this, my overall interest pool, I currently have 15 players in here. Obviously, on a, if you're playing a lot of lineups, you should have more than this on a three-game slate, but probably not too much more. Um, it's factored by salary, so Nicole Jokic at 10000 is my favorite pay-up spot against New Orleans, and Jackson Hayes slash Julio Okafor slash Nicole Amelli, all great spots for Nicole Jokic, who has been somewhat struggling to pay off his price tag as of late. Again, I'm going to go back to him on a three-game slate here as the guy who I think hits 60-plus fantasy points the most in the slate. John Collins at 8,300. I think it's fine. I think I should probably put him maybe in yellow. Like, the price point clearly comes up $1,000, but it's a three-game slate, so the pricing is going to be different, as well as it's also no Trey Young, so a lot of production should go his way. That said, it's still a tough matchup for John Collins. I would prefer taking $1,100 less than Marcus Aldridge, but there's a chance you could fit both of them tonight. Jimmy Butler at 8,200 against Atlanta. For two years straight now, Atlanta has been bad. And again, it's only a small sample this year, but it's been bad and terrible against pretty much everybody, especially guards. Um, Jimmy, but- or Jimmy Butler is going to go as a small shooting guard slash small forward here. He'll run a, probably a lot more isos now. Um, second game back with his team. I like his spot here. Brandon Ingram I put from a yellow, which is like a maybe, to now a, a, a red, which is a no for me. We'll see if this changes, but his price point is still increasing with Drew Holiday back, so that's going to definitely hit his production in terms of just shot attempts and overall ability to hit a ceiling, right? He's been seeing close to 60 points the last two games without Holiday. The two games before that, he was seeing closer to like the 40-45 point range, and now he gets Denver, where he'll probably directly match up at the four with Paul Millsap, and if he gets by him, you have Jokic or Mason Plumley there, so not great. Bam Adebayo, 7,600, just had success in this same matchup. Alex Lenz, not really going to be an issue for Bam Adebayo. I think he's fine here. The Marcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan are after that. I prefer Aldridge for 7,200. We'll definitely avoid Kawhi Leonard defense, which DeMar DeRozan might not. And then DeMar DeRozan might also have to play defense on Kawhi Leonard, which is usually going to impact your offensive game if you have to put any sort of intensity on the defensive um, side of the ball or increase in intensity. So Aldridge for sure. Uh, Jamal Murray at 6,600. I pretty much like every, I like every single Denver starter. They're all on here. Jamal Murray is fine. He has a ceiling. He has a really good matchup. Paul Millsap is too cheap at 5,300 for a guy playing close to the rim against New Orleans. Gary Harris is 5,100. I prefer Will Barton to Gary Harris. Will Barton is $100 cheaper. But both of those guys are in play as pretty quality values on a slate where um, it's a three-game slate. Usually you don't have great values in this low of a range in the 5K range. You get both Gary Harris and Will Barton who, well, who more times than not are going to play right around 30 to 32 minutes. Montrez Harrell at 6,400. I'm going to put Montrez Harrell as a, a guy who's in yellow. He's probably my only real interest from the Clippers. Yes, I know Kawhi's there at 9,500, but again, I'd rather just pay all the way up for Nikola Jokic or pay down and just load up on the mid-range of Bam and Jimmy Butler and the Marcus Aldridge. 
Montrezl Harrell's in yellow. Like it's a it's a tough matchup against San Antonio. It's not a spot him in a force, but he only played 14 minutes last night. So the issues of playing in a back to back, which might usually be there for him, should not be there today. Finally, um, three more guys: DeAndre Bembry at 4,700, brutal matchup, but he might have to play like 32 to 35 minutes in this game. They're not going to have Evan Turner. They're not going to have Terry Young. Those are the only two currently active guys who can um, play point on this team. Now I get it. You just need a guy to bring the ball up. You don't have to truly just set up an offense with a point guard anymore. You can really do whatever you want since it's not traditional NBA, but Bemery's still going to have to play loads of minutes, play 27 minutes um, in pretty much just an increased second half of usage. I'd expect him to play in this game 32. We'll see where I come in on minutes projections. There's an upside for like 34 here, though, and at 4,700 at the point guard position. Even in a tough matchup on a three-game slate, it's hard to ignore. Uh, and then just some more values. Kendrick Williams is 3,800. He continues to play good minutes, around 25-plus minutes per game. He's not the greatest of fantasy point producers, right around an average player at .76 so far this season. Tough matchup as well. It's just sort of a pivot spot if you need more value right now. We'll see if anything changes. And then Jackson Hayes, 3,500 against Denver. Played 24 minutes last time out in filling in for Derek Favors, who is now doubtful. Again, check the news before tonight's game start. They might say, oh, you know what, Jackson Hayes, you're not getting the start. You're not playing much tonight because you're playing Denver. We're going to try and find something else. They don't have that. Julia Okafor is not the answer. Nicola Melli is probably not the answer. So we'll see what happens. I do think Melly would be the guy to get more minutes, if anything, over Okafor, um, but we will see. Again, always make sure to check the injury news. Hopefully this video helps you. This podcast helps you. Hopefully you like the daily aspect. Let me know in the comments down below. Do you like these videos? Um, are they helpful for you? I'm getting positive feedback so far on them. We're getting a lot of viewership on these per day. It's like an average of a little around 5,000 per day, which was surprising to me based on the fact that it's NFL season. So I appreciate all the support. If you could please hit that subscribe button before you go. And if you're listening on the audio version, please just hit the subscribe or follow this podcast. And if you could leave a five-star review on whatever podcast you're listening to. If you're on Apple iTunes right now, you can leave a review. Just takes a couple seconds. Leave your fantasy draft handle in the review. You'll be entered into a contest to win a free ticket into there. It's usually a $25 value. Three people will be entered and announced on my Twitter on Saturday. So be sure to check that out. Thank you for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button before you leave. Check out my social media accounts linked up down below. And let me know before you go, if you're all the way still here, who's your favorite play on the slate below 9K today? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name's Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.